What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. This episode, I had the absolute pleasure of speaking to someone who has one of the most interesting and important jobs, and one you may not have heard of before. The lovely Lucy Sheridan is the world's first and only comparison coach, helping people all over the world go from a compare and despair state of mind to comparison-free in their life and business through specialist coaching. Lucy believes the power couple of social media and technology has caused a comparison epidemic where an increase in content and access to that content has created a world of constant comparison, which can be hugely damaging to us as individuals. The one thing that unites all of Lucy's clients, whether they are a pop star or a pub owner, is that they share a desire to live on their own terms, pursuing their own version of happiness. But how did she get into this world of comparison coaching? Well, not that long ago, Lucy found herself crippled with self-doubt and low confidence. She found herself haunted by comparison, which was always teamed with jealousy, insecurity, procrastination, self-sabotage, and the list went on. Then one day, she decided that if it was possible to think and feel her way into a comparison trap, then she could think and feel herself out of it too. And so her journey from compare and despair to a hashtag comparison-free life began. Not only does Lucy now dedicate her time to helping others discover a comparison-free life, she is also about to release her first book, The Comparison Cure, out this December. So keep your eyes out for that. I'm sure there are many of you listening who can relate to this constant comparison we put ourselves through, which is why I'm so excited for you to hear this wonderful chat where you will learn the incredible power of your mind and self-belief in helping you change the way you approach life. How you can manage your social media feeds in a way that will strengthen your self-belief and light you up rather than bring you down. That through comparison, we have the opportunity to gain something if we stop and ask ourselves, what is this comparison trying to teach me? The power of visualization, I can never say that word properly, and manifesting what you want in life. The importance of being honest to your true self, 
trusting your intuition, listening to your instincts, and letting them guide your decisions. The importance of planning your time in an aligned and nourishing way, making time for what is important to you. The strength you will gain from positive relationships and surrounding yourself with the right people. And so much more. I just know you're going to love Lucy's honesty and wisdom. So let's get right into it. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for joining me today on our Dream Life podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am. I think we are going to have the best conversation. <laughs> the feeling's entirely mutual. Cannot wait to talk to you today. So I am so excited to be speaking with the world's first and only comparison coach. And I know our listeners are going to love hearing from you. But before we dive into your story and all that you do, I'd like to start by getting to, for you to think back about your childhood, Mm -hmm. because I'm all about dreaming. I wanted to see, as a child, did you have any dreams what you wanted to do or become? It's interesting because when I think back, there were definitely hints, but because obviously social media didn't exist by then, it wasn't, oh, I'll be a blogger because that word didn't even exist. But I really wanted to be a hairdresser for a long time. I did too. Did you? (laughs) When I was two, I wanted to be a cow. My mum used to say, I didn't want a cow, I wanted to be a cow. So that's interesting. But yeah, a hairdresser, a radio presenter Mm -hmm. as well was something that I was interested in. For a point, I think I wanted to do law, but... I can't see really where that came from, but there were a number of different things. I think back to my childhood that I would almost like try on the hat and imagine myself at it. I always remember using my imagination, mm. even when it was maybe like not cool to do it anymore. You know, even being old and imagination games weren't very cool. I always remember like really using my imagination and going off on these daydreams about what life might be like when yeah. I was a grown up. That's beautiful. And I think that's what childhood should be like, yeah. like to be able to dream whatever you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So as I just mentioned, you are the world's first and only comparison coach specializing in helping people build their self-focus, self-confidence and self-worth so they can thrive personally or in their business. You have also been noted as one of the UK's most successful coaches by The Times and are releasing your first book, The Comparison Cure. I cannot wait. Congratulations. (laughs) We're going to copy coming your way, babe. Don't worry. (laughs) We're going to um, talk more about that. But for our listeners, can you please share with us what exactly a comparison coach does and why you think comparison is something we should be concerned about in our modern world? I certainly can. And it's interesting. I think it's a really good first question in terms of what what do I do? Because I kind of can't find an easy box to tick on LinkedIn. Um, Like many of us that maybe are kind of like uh, paving our own path when it comes to entrepreneurship. So ultimately, my job boils down to helping people go from compare and despair to comparison free. And I do this through online workshops, which can involve lots of people or one-to-one with my coaching practice, or I'll go and speak in schools or I'll Skype into schools, which is kind of cool. Um, Latterly, um, a lot more on on social media and the the book coming too. But my whole work is focused ultimately dissolving comparison so that we can all just get on with life get put down these heavy weights that comparison makes us walk around with ultimately so that's a typical kind of uh, description I'd say I think it's definitely I'm coming up to a time we're speaking coming up to five or six years I believe it's five 
And I think we're really in this groundswell of an epidemic at the moment, largely brought about by the power couple of social media and technology. Mm. But what I would say is, and this is nothing new, comparison's been around since year dot. So there's reference to it in the Bible with thou shalt not cover. You know, latterly in the last century, there was the the cartoon strip around keeping up with the Joneses, where a sense of worth might come from where your social status was perceived to be compared to your neighbours, that sort of thing. So comparison has always had a presence. I didn't invent this, far from it. But it, it really is building a momentum at the moment. I think people are feeling more of it in different ways more often now. Yeah. And that's where it's gone from being a bit of an inconvenience that you can maybe just, um, you know, flick away to the side, like, you know, an insect in your sandwich or whatever. And, and now it's become more persistent. And as much as the taboo around it is really dissolving, its persistence is really, really growing. And that's where I hope to come in in some way to kind of, because we, we know what the feelings are and often we can understand them. But there's this so what, what next piece, which is really missing. And that's where I'm trying to open a massive toolbox and say, dive in, guys, this might work for you. Yeah, I love that because I think I have I have never, when I should say never, but I don't think I have had that because I've been really quite focused on yeah. going forward. But I think there is something twined into this, uh, which yeah. is self-belief. Yeah. And I think self-belief sometimes comes out of comparison. Yeah. So um, I get a lot of questions when I'm out mm-hmm. talking because I'm talking about creating your dream life. Yeah. And of course, it's easy to do if you don't compare yourself and if yeah. you have the self-belief. Oh, so yeah. for anyone who um, who are struggling with this, what are the first steps that you would say? So so self-belief or comparison yeah. or whatever it, whatever yeah. it is, I think that's yeah. kind of all um, yeah, work together. Mm. I always start with, because it's almost, for me, and the conversation I have with clients or those that might be listening today is, comparison's a bit of a Trojan horse to something else. So it might be the thing that starts the conversation, but where it will lead to ultimately might be that there are um, some areas of growth around self-belief, self-worth, etc. When it comes to overcoming comparison or certainly managing it such that it doesn't rule your life or doesn't have a presence in your life, which is negative, it may sound really trite. It might even sound like a platitude, what I'm I'm about to say. But something that I must have from a client is their verbal declaration that they have decided they don't want to compare anymore. Mm -hmm. Let me just qualify that a little bit in that comparison feels gross. For some of us, we'll see what someone else is doing and we're inspired and motivated and we go for it. And it's just, it's another um, piece of evidence that we can get what we want and live that dream life, right? So you're a rare bird in this world. Mm -hmm. Like I study people like you um, because for a lot of people, they'll never experience that. For a lot of us, we compare and we feel envy, we feel jealousy, we feel less than, we feel less worthy, we feel, oh, why bother? And, you know, confused even. Comparison brings with it and not so nice play buddies but even though those things are uncomfortable we can become so familiar with them and so acclimatize them actually they're not so uncomfortable we don't want to stop so it can be easy to complain about or excuse my language like bitchy about someone you're comparing yourself to like oh they don't deserve that or oh my goodness I don't deserve that it can be so easy to to have, be that self-critic to to spend time and waste time yeah. you know talking about what the people are doing but it's familiar it's easy and it means we don't have to focus on what we're doing mm. and it also becomes almost um, I'm, I'm learning a lot about the brain at the moment and yeah. it almost becomes an addiction to oh, yeah. to your um you're absolutely to right. your old thoughts and your yeah yeah, yeah. and our identity mm-hmm. well this is who I am and these are labels I give myself so I can't possibly do what they're doing so that separates me from them when actually 
we're all connected as uncomfortable yeah. as that is so as surprising as it might be when I have that first conversation having heard someone's comparison experience in their story I I'm going to make them declare make ask them to declare that they have decided they don't want to compare anymore because once they start having more self-focus more self-confidence more self-worth their sabotage that sophisticated form of self-sabotage will come back with gusto a bit like you know when the ego fears its death and it gets louder and it and it becomes the, at the fore of what what we're trying to do yeah. so getting that decision is really important and it's then understanding that nub that like the real key to that comparison so there was a I'll use an example there was a, a game show in the UK in the 90s I'm like an 80s kid I was born in 1983 <laughs> so there was a, a game show in the 80s and 90s called the crystal maze and it's subsequently been revamped but I'll share with you really quickly the simple rules so the rules were in this crystal maze and we were all you know people were decked out in outfits etc is someone would have to answer a question and if they answer the question correctly they would win the chance to do a puzzle and so they go in and the door would shut behind them and the puzzle could be anything could be physical could be um you know a, a number code doesn't matter but ultimately once they solved the puzzle they got the crystal they got the crystal and they ran out again and then the crystals would mount up and their scores would mount out mount up more crystals more rewards brilliant i look at comparison like this in the comparison and through the self-inquiry that goes with it we have the opportunity to get the crystal as in what's it trying to tell us what is the it really trying to serve us with what's the insight that it holds rather than just being inconvenient and familiar just to stay there it's like mm. if we walk through it where do we get to so an example might be um and I use this a fair bit because I think it's quite translatable so I had a client a, a couple of years or so back it'll be now and uh, when we first were speaking she was going to come on board to work with me you know from the moment we started she could tell me a lot about um how she was comparing herself to certain people that were traveling around a lot, checking in at departure lounges on social media, or always having stories of travels they've been on, adventures, etc., with their work, and it all sounded super glossy and amazing. And she could really, you know, it's almost like she had this logbook, and then they did this, and then then they did that, which can be a symptom of comparison. You could have people under surveillance, you know, their every move, even though you have no business knowing that that amount of their business. Um, but what emerged through going through the conversation, and that was so what. Uh, I said, well, you know, how important is travel to you? She's like, oh, it's so important. I was like, okay, let's let's keep going and down and probing this mm-hmm. further through the conversation and through the like carefully selected coaching questions. Ultimately, it became clear that she hadn't actually had any time off, let alone adventure time, for way too long, and she had just cut off the oxygen to what was this big love in her life, which mm-hmm. was travel. So no wonder it was rearing its head in comparison, in her comparison with the way she was comparing herself to those that were, as she saw it, well travelled, kind of using air bunnies there. Yeah. So her so what from there, her crystal of insight is. What does she need to do to bring back her wanderlust? What does she need to do to reignite her appetite for travel, even though she's busy, even though life is complicated? Because clearly it's something that makes her feel good, but she'd ignored because she thought it wasn't like, you know, adulting kind of thing. So her next steps past that were um, on the Monday after we'd had the session, she booked an appointment with her manager and I said, you know, I've looked at the year ahead. I really want to book off these chunks of time. And she was expecting there to be a bit of a kickback or, you know, there to be resistance. And her manager said, I have been waiting for you to have this conversation with me for over 18 months. She was like, is this, she was like, is this all? Because 
you know, you're, you're asking, you sound like you're asking me for the earth and you're not, you're asking me for the time off you deserve. And it just shows that, that there'd been some, that she had a complicated relationship for asking for help or mm. asking truly for what she, she wanted. So her crystal of insight there from, it was easy for her to compare herself and feel less than because people were off having adventures. But her crystal of insight was, well, what's my next right move mm. so that I can be doing more of that? Yeah. So once you've decided you don't want to compare yourself anymore, then it's the next important step is to think, okay, what's my comparison trying to teach me? Because it's not trying to beat us up. It wants to show us something. But so all too often, we're like, no, no, I just don't want to go there. It's a bit too much like hard work, but it's always worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very interesting because I've always been um, been inspired. And, and this is actually a good conversation to have in terms of social media. Because obviously when I started, yeah. um, social media didn't, didn't exist. And I'd like to hear your point of view on yeah. this. But one thing when I, when I moved, because I moved to Sweden, from Sweden to Australia, yeah. And I just decided at once a year I'm going to go home. That's mm. just like, that's a minimum. Mm. And my girlfriend said to me, well, I'm just going to accept that I can only go home once every two years. And I said, no, why would you accept that? Why would you just um, – and it was almost like she didn't think she was worth – and I was like I, – I, and I always say, how can you do it versus – you know yeah like how can you do it so if you are inspired by someone or mm. compare you know in this case travel for that for your client um you know versus you know I wouldn't wouldn't even it would never even cross my mind to think about yeah. that I'm envious I'm like if I want that I'm going to work out how I'm going to do that oh, too thank goodness you were there for your friend because that reminds me of, there's this great um question which um goes something like the question is not, is it possible? The question is, am I willing to believe this is possible for me? Yeah. And that's something I'll ask clients too, because what we're really asking in that sense is, can you grow to the capacity of what you want yeah. to, to give it to yourself? Because that must have sounded like, oh my goodness, you're going back every year. You're like, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And yet she uh, feels like she put herself you know, under such a constriction there by not traveling back. But it, thank goodness you were there to inspire to think, look, you get to decide this. Yeah. You know, Qantas don't care. They'll take you money anytime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's funny because I was in Dubai the other day mm. and uh, I love when I when I um, arrive there for these crazy buildings that, you know, one is higher than the other. Yeah. It's competition, who, you know, with the highest building. And, yeah. and I feel like, and I think it's also there's a few quotes around that, you know, nothing is impossible. Mm. Uh, you know, the, yeah. or even the word impossible doesn't exist yeah. in, uh, the, maybe it might not be, I might not quoting it right, but mm. basically. Basically, the, the mm. essence of the story is the same. Mm. And I was doing, um, I was doing a um, post from Dubai and uh, at, at one of the buildings because sometimes when I talk to people about dreaming, they they can't dream big enough because mm. it's not part of their life. Yeah. But I, I always say, well, you know, like look at that building, like that was someone's dream, and oh, you know, yeah. and it would have been impossible at the time because, especially in Dubai, I mean, that's like. You know, I think it's that's going to be one that is over a kilometer high now. Jeez Louise. <clears throat> I know. And it's a, it's just fascinating. And, um, you know, they, they just see the possibilities. And um, and I wrote in, in my post that, um, that you know, impossible is just a point of view from someone mm. else. And it's up to mm. you to decide if you think, you know, and yeah. I think it's a Henry Ford quote, like, Either if you think you're right or not, you yeah. are right. You know, you're yeah. right both ways. Um, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Yeah. Correct. Love Correct. that one. Yeah. Love that one. Yeah. And it's it's so true. So what's your thought then on um, on the social media comparison? Because I'm assuming that will be the most common issue. Yeah, it does, it does come up a lot. I think it's an interesting one. Social media isn't 
our relationship with social media is one for us to manage yeah. in that we are in what I call the awkward toddler phase of it at the moment. Yeah. And in 10 years time, people will write reports on what it was like in like the 21st century. <laughs> you, know, like, yeah. you weren't there, man. You don't understand. We had to live through this. And even things on the lesser scale, it's things like social media is influencing like this new creation of etiquette you know from things like blue ticks on whatsapp right through to how often you should post what you should say etc so we're having to navigate whether you should like something after it's been posted we're navigating all that also social media is providing us so much more content to compare ourselves to so as much as we must manage our relationship with social media it has to be about management for me it's not necessarily about detox this is only going to be keep going one way so like like getting over anything or healing anything you shouldn't have to just keep well ideally you, know, you don't keep hitting the red button to stop and start again stop and start so when it comes to healing our comparison on social media of course it'd be silly for me to ignore the fact that you know use that mute button use that hide button do the unfollowing if you wish but more than that I say flood your feeds with what does light you up what does stimulate you what challenges you in all the right ways too so sometimes when people think oh I'm just going to unfollow anything that makes me feel bad well yeah your mental health is important absolutely but don't make your social media an, an echo chamber we live in difficult times we all need to be as switched on and aware and active about inequality for example more than ever now but it's about um putting into putting in some really great hygiene factors for ourselves so for example i don't have any notifications at all at all even for text messages on my phone <laughs> I same here. yeah because yeah. this is the thing like i don't kid myself i check it often enough to know i'm not going to miss anything yeah. <laughs> you know and just because like my friends post a picture of like a holiday i'll catch it after lunch yeah. you know rather than being distracted mm-hmm. from something now so I say turn off all notifications flood your fears with the things that make you feel good so if that's you know 25 chocolate account do it if that's husky puppies brilliant do it you know if that's exotic destinations do it make it such that when you do pick up those fees there's something to challenge you and stimulate you rather than you kind of looking at what your comparison triggers are mm-hmm. doing um, there as well and also I suppose it's if you're on social media a lot make sure you're at least spending equal time on your on your own life and on your own goals on your own rest and your own um practice of presence whatever that is for you so um i always say you know social media is there and it can be a really positive force for good but it needs to be somewhere we visit we don't live and that's why i'll always ask um a client in the first sessions or so to make a vision board as in, um, what is it you ultimately want to bring into your life? Mm-hmm. And certainly in the next year or so, what is it you want to bring into your life? Where do you want to travel? What the experiences you want to have? What are the feelings you want to feel? Yeah. And then that makes it, when you well, when you're not online, it means that you can line up your actions to serve that too. Yeah. Um, and another tip that I'll give um, clients as almost like a guiding principle for whether I start working with them in March or October or January is to pick what I call a compass word. Yeah. So pick a word to like create a feeling um, that will guide your next 12 months yeah so I started off mine this year and it was saver because my tendency is a bit to be like next one next thing next thing next thing whereas I really wanted to kind of slow down and really Mm. savor things and not rush and not and that didn't just mean like having great you know dinners and you know lovely times with my friends but also things like not avoiding difficult conversations yeah so I don't have to enjoy them but I, I also cannot and will not avoid them yeah. because my growth depends on that too. Yeah. But not that I'm bored, the irony being, but then I changed it <laughs> because the irony being when it came to kind of, you know, beginning of July, I just feel like, I feel like save is something I'm, I really feel it's rooted in for me, but something I really need to be in the next six months is brave. Mm. So I've actually kind of switched to brave now yeah. as a compass word because 
with the book coming out and being a company of one and running my business and understanding what the opportunities are and also having to ask for opportunities too. Mm. I don't have, you know, that's a lot of, I have to self-resource a lot, which is fine. I'm going to need to be brave. I'm going to need to put a lot of my stuff down and, you know, a lot of my emotional and work through some emotional stuff so that I don't, I don't hold myself back, yeah. you know, because I think that would be a big regret of mine if I was the one that held myself back. Yeah. There's a few things to pick up on here. One is I love that you change because you, yeah. I think that it's so good to be agile in terms of changing if, you, yeah. if it doesn't feel right. So changing yeah. that word I think is great. Mine, um, mine is less is more. Ooh, and, I love that. Um, I have um, an assistant who um, – who looks after my diary yeah. uh, because it's just endless of talks sure. and things. And um, and I always say to her, less is more. So she can then almost like, you know, help me mm. and come with less and then I will think that way. So less awesome. is more versus trying because it's so easy to go to every event and go to every and, yeah. um, and less is more for me. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I love thinking about words and, and you know, it's funny because I'm very good at saying no to things. Yeah. Probably the other way, you know, I'm becoming a little bit too boring and a little bit too disengaged. <laughs> so good. And then my, my son Axel said the other day that his following someone with his yes theory. Yeah. And I was like, what is that? It's like you say yes to everything. And I'm like, ooh, that would be a real challenge. And I was thinking maybe, maybe, you know, especially on, you know, you become so when you travel and, mm. you know, it's, it's very um, – Full schedule. I've become. I. I, I really, really love my own time. Yeah, you uh, But it. it's almost then. You know, maybe I. I've gone too far that way. <laughs> it's a funny. Well, maybe maybe the pendulum will swing, or maybe it yeah. won't. Because you know, it's interesting. Saying yes provides lots of opportunities, yeah. um, doesn't it? But I really feel you on that. And that I was joking my friend. I, was, I feel like the grandma emoji at the moment because I'm sending a lot of emails saying thank you so much. But not right now. Or yeah. I'm at people are trying to book me for things next year. And I'm obviously tremendously flattered, but I'm like, can you come back to me in autumn? Because yeah. like I am like a puddle at the moment. I just did the book. I got, like, I'm yeah. struggling to say my own name. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I'm not enthused. It's not that I'm not grateful, but I just, I need the space. Yeah. And I've said like, please circle back. I might miss the opportunity and I appreciate that, but that's yeah. on me. Yeah. Because, yeah, I think that's really important because there's that other, uh, something I subscribe to as a belief is often if you say no to something, you're actually really saying yes to something else. Now, whether that is like, you know, quality time with Axel or, you know, just chill time for you in a face mask or really getting into that email that you know is going to take you a while to digest. It's all of value there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But again, I don't think it's a trick. I don't think, I think the things that are an easy yes are, you know, they're almost taken care of yeah. um, in that sense. And if there are other things that I think there are, if I say no, I say no to lots of things too. But I also look at it as in someone else somewhere is saying no to something and it's coming to me. Hooray! And just because I'm saying no, no, thank you, I'm not free or, you know, I've got a wedding, whatever it is, that means it opens the door for someone else. Yeah. So I kind of feel like we're all sending the lift down for yeah. each other yeah. <laughs> you know, no, around no, these things. Yeah. And I think, um, I think especially in this kind of modern full life I'll try not to work, use the word busy but oh, yeah know, I like vibrant yes <laughs> I like full because I love feeling my, la- yeah. my life but I do think that um, it is important especially because the the time that we used to have in terms mm. of space in between things before social yeah. media we actually had the opportunity to 
disconnect from the world or be bored yeah. for half an hour and we actually yeah. don't have that now yeah. and I find it fascinating and I'm not I'm also guilty of social media and stuff so yeah. I'm not saying I'm perfect no, in one little bit is, yeah. but uh, sometimes when I do take the time to reflect especially you know because I spend a lot of time on airplanes and trains yeah. and mm-hmm. and so I can observe a lot of uh, yeah. and I find that you know the the phone mm. is always in front of people's yeah. faces. And it's quite crazy when you think about it. It is. And even I notice, um, so I had a day off my phone mostly yesterday, just purely for pleasure, catching up on some WhatsApps, leaving some voicemails for people, that sort of thing. But I've also noticed that this morning, I had to get my train at a specific time. And I knew there were two things I had to do before I left the house to do that. And I was just kind of getting my keys together. And I realized I hadn't sent I hadn't pressed send on the email I've been writing since seven this morning because I've been on Instagram or on WhatsApp mm-hmm. or I was checking the weather forecast, whatever it was, all these incidental distraction things. Yeah. Whereas I set, you know, set out this morning in my pajamas, seven o'clock, right, here we go. Got to get my tray, feeling focused. And it was like, I was like a toddler. Yeah. And at one, sec- one, at one moment I was like, for goodness sake, Lucy, sit down. <laughs> I had to have a word with myself. <laughs> So Put fun. that phone in the kitchen and sit down and finish this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. Um, yeah, and I think that's sometimes what we need to do because yeah. it's so addictive. You know, I was speaking to a friend um, who I can't remember how it was related, but it was about kids being yeah. too tired in schools. Yeah, because they actually are on the phone in the middle of the night, and oh, I'm like, yeah, that is just crazy. Yeah, because because we as grown up, if we have the phone next to us, we do that, and kids wouldn't have the maturity yet to understand what of that course. means in terms of the blue light and you know starting yes. to to wake us up etc yeah, and we adults do it as well and I'm sometimes do it too so I'm yeah. not saying but I was <laughs> thinking you know for kids to actually have that choice so because yeah. my kids are not allowed to have their phones mm. in them in their bedroom because yeah. I know how addictive it yeah. is and especially if you can't sleep and if you're a bit jet lag which we seem to be a lot of um yeah. um you um you, uh, it's so easy to grab the phone mm. because you can. I'm, I'm wide awake anyway. Oh, gotcha. I might as well. So yeah, yeah it's um, it's definitely an addiction that yeah. we are all addicted to. But yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see oh, in a few I years' know. time what the reports will say. Good to think. Yeah. <laughs> so I read somewhere that you help people join up their idea, their plan, and their dream by connecting them to the GPS of their inner wisdom. Yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Can you share with us what you mean by that? So I, there's probably lots of different words for it. So intuition in a GPS, um, there's a great book called Playing Big by Tara Moore. Mm-hmm. M-O-H-R is her, her surname and she calls it the inner mentor. When I talk to clients about it, I call it the TYG, which is a true you guide. Yeah. And ultimately, this is almost like the captain of your intuition. It's, it's a presence, it's a feeling, it's a, a messaging service almost within us, coming from our gut and our intuition that always knows the thing that we should do. Yeah. Always, always knows the thing we should do. And what's great is it has the power to override our not always helpful minds, which yeah. are so rational and also very sceptical and need data, etc. when actually things can feel good too, but not even if you haven't got loads and loads of data. So I try and help clients get to their true you guide and just turn on that voice so that at least the inner critic has someone to chat with <laughs> things go to. Because it's the sort of like positive way of looking at it in terms of, you know, the, 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 there might be a negative voice inside which says, oh, you know, you can't do that. And our true you guide says, well, you know, who, who says, mm. why not me instead of why me in that sense too. And it's through that, following that intuition, we're able to, what I kind of say is, Treat, treat it like a truffle pig, like, 
which is like a bit of a weird visual, but it's really follow the breadcrumbs that life is trying to lead out in front of you that it wants you to follow. But sometimes we're so in our heads or we're so on our phones, we can't see exactly what's in front of us. But it's through following those next steps, sometimes having a lot of trust. Sometimes not knowing exactly what the result is going to be, but knowing that it feels right and that there's something that is kind of a bit funny, we can't explain, but going with anyway, that can reveal so many answers to us and just ultimately have us living in alignment. And what that does in terms of dissolving comparison is that if I'm in constant contact with my TYG, my true you guide, she runs Lucy. And so no matter what an an offer comes in or an invitation, whatever it is, I know what the answer is in my gut straight away, even if then my brain catches up with another thought. So it allows me to stay aligned and for me to take decisions based on what feels right to me Mm. so that when I see other people doing other things, I don't get caught in comparison because I can say, well, you know what? Good for you. Sounds like you're listening to your TYG. I'm listening to mine, but I've got to stay in my own lane. And that's when things get linked up together because comparison can't pull us away anymore. I love that because I think that's so helpful for our listeners and for anyone who having problems saying, you know, sometimes we say yes to things even though we mm. know, uh, you know, this is not just about filling oh, our yeah. schedule off because sometimes we say yes to things but just because we're so excited and there's so much yes. to do and there's yeah. endless opportunity. Yeah. But then there are, so that's one thing which we need yeah. to learn to manage. And yeah. that's what I was talking about before yeah. in terms of less is more, because everything, mm-hmm. not everything, but a lot of things that I get invited to is super exciting and super fun. Yeah. And, you know, I would love to be there yeah. if, if I had more time. Um, but this is something different where yeah. I think um, there is a lot of people saying yes to mm-hmm. things that actually don't even want to do. Well, yeah. And I, actually not unusual that I will help coach people to like pull out of things so yeah. I know I said yes but actually I can no longer yeah and when an apology is needed giving one because it's you know sometimes you have to clean the energy around things yeah. and you know acknowledge there might be some whether we like it or not, a bit damage done but ultimately it's not writing like nine paragraphs in an email or leaving long voice emails with people People that are for you and that back you will understand. And that's where really honesty is your friend around this. So for example, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like Hindus, for example, you know, the pre-wedding like getaways, they are such good fun. They can also really grow arms and legs, if you know what I mean. They can really become these great big holidays rather than like a couple of nights away. And I had a client that committed to go to Vegas for like five days for Hindu. And of course, it was going to be incredible. I mean, Vegas five days, amazing. Like, I'm waving my passport, the thought of it. But ultimately, she was also trying to save for a deposit for a house. And she was like, right, I either get into what could be upwards of three grand debt being there, or I say no, even though she's a best friend of mine. And you can see the agony in her. And I was like, look, what does the true you guide say? And she's like, it definitely feels like a no. So I helped to compose the message to her friend, which was, and it it was a conversation. It wasn't an email. Because there are some times when even though you're nervous, even though you're scared, you've just got to speak to somebody. Because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. What she ultimately kind of said, look, I know my deposits are down. You mean the world to me. But if I go on this trip, I'm going to put myself under financial pressure. It might take me over a year to recover from. And as much as I feel very vulnerable sharing this with you, our friendship is such is that I trust you to know the truth. So 
it is with my regret and it is with my, you know, my gratitude for being involved too that I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to come to Vegas. But what I can do is promise to take you out for, you know, an, a night you'll never forget in London before you get married to. Or I think she actually arranged that we're going to take it to Soho Farmhouse or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, nice premium experience, lovely, but not going to be the huge financial mm. pressure it would have put her in. Now, she was terrified of having this conversation, but a friend heard him and was like, oh, mate, yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. Like, that's, that's fine. And and it wasn't awkward at all. She said, well, you know, you might you do me a favor because now I'll ask my other cousin if she wants to come because yeah. I want to keep it a small group. And she's like, oh, okay, so easy peasy. And there wasn't the animosity there. There wasn't mm. any tension. But even if there had been tension, my client knew that she was doing the right thing for her and the friendship. Because, you know, we shouldn't have to wear masks in front of our friends Mm -hmm. as part of these things too. So, yeah, sometimes we have to backpedal and and it's awkward and we feel gross and we feel clumsy and we feel like our inner child is screaming, why can't you just go? Just, oh, I can't stand the awkwardness. But sometimes we have to, we have to say no when we, we've said yes originally. And although we can provide a little bit of explanation, we do not need to beg for mercy on these things. Yeah. You know, it's like, shut it down, honor it, be kind, let the ener- the good energy lead, but shut it down and get out of there yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Love that. I think it's so needed for so many people. Mm. So that was fantastic. Yeah, one thing that I um, I do in this kind of situation is that I I have um, like a timeline. I know that life will end one day, which yeah. is a, which is a spoiler. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's we all know it, but it's yeah. kind of it's not in front of us, mm. and it's kind of um, um, you know I often talk about this when I talk um, mm. publicly. Um, at seminars or whatever, mm. workshops or whatever it is, that it's really quite, um, I have it in my book as well, and it's a really confronting yeah. exercise to do. But, you know, work out if you think yeah. you're going to be 100 or 80 or 120, yeah. my dream is to be to uh, live to yeah. 120. See you there. But, but <laughs> uh, regardless, if I get to live that long, life is short. Mm. And I think when you are, when that is up, like it's like when you have a certain amount of time to do certain things like holidays mm. or whatever it is, and you know it's limited, you you take decision easier then. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. uh, it, it was discussing actually with Jody the other oh, day, yeah. our mutual friend, that uh, I'm doing a course where, you know, I'll do a lot of courses that yeah. are you get a lifetime access to, which yeah. is fantastic. But I'm doing a course now where it's only allowed three months. Like you only buy it for three months and then it goes. Right. You ever get access to it three months. And I said to her, as much as I, yeah. I would love to keep this, it actually makes me do the course. Yeah. And it's an interesting because we, you know, both of us yeah, are interested course. in doing courses. And she does courses, and we, I did, we do too. But um, but we want to do them online. Yeah. And I, I was saying, I I think I like to do them short because if you know that yeah. you only have a certain amount of time, mm. you will actually decide what is right, knowing that you cannot do everything. Yeah. So for your friend, for example, if you you know if a house was really important to her, that yeah. that was a. And if you knew that your life is short, I mean, we all know that, but you're not really having it in front of of mind. And and you touch on something really, well, deeply connecting that I really resonate um, there because when we think about how much time we we use, not all of it's wasted, so I'll say time we use, worrying about what other people think Mm. or worrying about taking decisions, which actually are quite straightforward, or being in comparison. When we are kind of 110 years old, it's like, oh man, I missed out on some brilliant things. Or I missed out on some great, you know, sitting in the garden. It doesn't even have to be 
ostentatious. No. But it's like if you think about how you use your time, it's the most precious resource that you have. And you don't have to have a better offer to not want to go to something. No, exactly. And I actually think that that's what that's what that's what triggered it because I um I sometimes get criticized because on Sundays I try not to ever ever book anything like because yeah. I just love waking up on Sundays knowing mm. and I do things it's not yeah. like you know yeah. and of, you know if it's a specific birthday party or a family thing yeah. then I would of course go but most of my Sundays are mm. not, no books and you know people like let's meet for brunch and I'm like I'll call you in the morning and yeah you know but but I like to not have it booked because I just feel like then every day because I'm pretty scheduled mm. you know my life is pretty yes. scheduled yeah. and um and actually having um the flexibility of actually just getting up in the morning mm. in your pyjamas and drink tea for like two hours yeah, and be around the family up. with no hurry mm. is is really valuable for me. Yeah. But, you know, for some of my friends who think I'm the most boring person yeah. in the whole world, and I, and I get that because they love, you know, beautiful brunches and stuff, yeah. which I love too, but not yeah. not on Sundays. That's when I just want to yeah. have me time and family, family time. Yeah, family time is really, really important to me. Yeah. Really, really important to me. I'm really blessed that I am close to my parents and extended family I'm really blessed I'm in a happy marriage I've got a great stepson who's 20 and my family time really it's it's always first yeah and I like I say I love a good brunch too especially those bottomless brunches oh my goodness yeah I'll break into a sprint even thinking about those and really that it's those times sitting having a cup of tea while your dad's telling you a story or your son's saying about an assignment and you're really listening and you're really there because I really I really remember those things and the funny joke that comes out of it unexpectedly yeah. or you remember a song or you, a concert or you arrange to do something together because that time together that's really important to me and and can't be rushed yeah and I, I know it's that's not the same for everyone some people are like well that's all right for you you're lucky in terms of you've got a good relationship with your family but we've had a lot of serious illness in our family over the last few years or so so I will like sit in McDonald's with my dad because you know we he's been through a lot yeah. and um it makes family time just such an easy decision yeah. and because as well I try to really plan my time in an, an aligned nourishing way even especially work Monday to Friday I want that Sunday to really be about rising up to the week rather than bracing myself for it yeah um, and that's been a very important shift that I've very consciously made yeah that's a good one um, because you know life is so vibrant full we yeah. don't we don't like busy but it feels like it's almost um but yeah life is so vibrant that who are we doing this for if it's not to share it with those that we love the most yeah. and that might be a, a charity you're really passionate about or a dog you know I, I love my dog she's great company too <laughs> might set her own instagram fave. anyway i mean really why i do what i do is to help people of course and i'm blessed that I, it provides me with an income and then I get to, you know, take my dad to concerts or go on holiday with my husband or, you know, treat my friend who's getting married to a really over-the-top dinner somewhere. If we, I mean, who are we really doing it for? Yeah. And so if I look back and have back-to-back, you know, completely no space, again, having that rocking chair moment, being 110 and thinking like, wow, went to a lot of meetings, can't tell you what they were about, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what yeah. was I doing? And I think that's why, you know, like having a Sunday for anyone who's listening and thinking about, you know, what they can do less, like having, mm. it doesn't have to be a Sunday, it could be any day. Obviously. Oh, sure, yeah. But just having um, having some time to really think mm. because I feel like, um, like yesterday, because I'm here in London, you know, there's yeah. a million amazing things cool. you can do. 
course. A lover of food and lover of, you know, um, you know, beautiful things. Yeah. Uh, there's so much you can do here. And yesterday I just had a day of nothing. You know, you Gorgeous. know, I read and I had a million ideas because books and you know, yeah. online courses stuff really inspires me. Yeah. And for some people who think that I'm in London in my hotel room, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, you know, I'd probably do three or four hours of walking as well because yeah. that inspires me. And I was yeah. listening to a, a podcast, but but um, you know, you just have to find what is right for you and spend yeah. time on your on your own. And it's not for everyone but mm. most of us really get to know ourselves that oh, way yeah. and even if it's that decompress moment you get to really think about what's happened in the week before or something that might be on your mind or think about nothing and like you say such great advice it doesn't have to be a Sunday Sunday can be a great day for it I'll actually ask clients to, um I'll ask them on Wednesday night start planning Sunday afternoon now yeah because it means that you eke out every single moment of that weekend for yourself um, so there's no, I'll just check my work emails, I'll just do this, I'll yeah. just that, because if you are going for dinner somewhere or you are going to do like, oh, how amazing are those sheet masks, for example, if you're going to have like a bit of pamper session at home or listen to a podcast or dance to your favourite, po- um, you know, playlist, whatever it is, if you know what you're going to be doing on Sunday, on a Wednesday or Thursday, the week before, that weekend rises up to meet you mm. like nothing imagine nothing before and it also means you're not in work mode from about four o'clock in the afternoon yeah like that is that is your time you are not getting paid for that time so take it back that's really really important yeah that's a really good one and i i had um chloe Chloe brotheridge yeah Yeah, Um, Chloe. and she was saying um, because she's about anxiety yeah uh, she said that most people feel most anxiety uh, on Sunday nights because of the week that. and she gets a lot of her emails. So I think for those people who are having those kind of, mm. um, I guess, sessions with anxiety coming mm. on, planning in terms of doing some really great things mm. and to make sure yeah. those are, it's a really good one. So yeah. that's built up on that. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, not at all. So I don't know much about this, but I love to talk about your appearance on the Oprah's oh, yeah. series <laughs> yeah. now because Oprah is on, um, on my list of I loved her on podcast yeah. one day and I'm putting it out there because you never know. Yeah, get it but manifesting. I, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I have actually created, so uh, when you are on that podcast, yeah. there will be a photo of you and a photo of me and it's oh, dream fast. love. So you yeah. can share it if you want to of course. share it. Of course. And, um, and I have created all the people that I want to have. So Oprah's on there. So like I really, it. Yeah, I like to see like it, it because the one, well, next time when Oprah's sitting here, we're feeling really normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hi, pal. And um, I would love to hear about that experience. Well, this is actually a manifesting story. Yeah. So I, when I was working in the advertising industry, um, it would be maybe eight years or so now, eight years ago or so now, I wasn't, I, I basically fall out of love with it a lot. And I just, I, I wasn't, I had been thriving, but I wasn't thriving anymore. And Sundays, speaking of Sundays, were really difficult for me because I had, I was highly functioning but had very um, uh, intense anxiety. And this would manifest in, it all show up in ways like, you know, crying in the toilets and seeing other friends crying in the toilets there. So we were, we had a very high tolerance for what was kind of going on, not a very supportive um, environment, but that's for another time. So on Sundays, I used to watch Super Soul Sunday on uh, Oprah's network. And then there were a number, at that time when she was really getting owned off the ground before it was doing a lot of its own programming, which it is now, she was doing like web series. So, uh, Oprah's life class was one of these 
I was on Twitter one lunchtime eating lunch at my desk as I tended to do and I was on Twitter and Oprah it was own network I said we're asked you know if any international viewers can share some of their views in a survey we'd be grateful and I was like well that is my weekly medicine so if I can just say a few words of thanks I'll do this so I put my sandwich down I clicked through to the tweet on my desktop and off I went into the survey. As part of the survey, um, there were experts saying, are there any shows that you'd love to see us focus on in terms of a theme? And I was like, oh, uh, managing conflict, comparison. And I came up with a few other things, kind of live things for me. And didn't think anything, and just submitted it and didn't think anything of it. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a call from America on my mobile, which wasn't necessarily unusual because a brand I was working on at the moment had a lot of outlets in America. Yeah. It wasn't unusual for <clears> to get a call here and there. So I called, I picked up the phone and um, it was one of the producers from OWN. She's my friend, my name's Stephanie. We're just going through some of the survey um, results and there's a few things on yours we'd particularly like to ask about because we think it would work in programming. Have you got five minutes? I was like, well, yeah, of course I do. So, you know, she, I didn't realize I was being scoped out to be a participant at this point I just thought I was helping with what yeah, the famous yeah. show was like, oh well I've got lots to say on what I, what I want to learn and so the conversation continued and she basically said look would you be up for being one of the guests that we would have in one of the international guests we'd have in as part of the these shows and I just I was I just couldn't believe it. I was like what she's like the next step is we need to do a screen test with you so um I'll give you a link the other producers will be there and we'll, we'll, so basically we're about three screen tests because ultimately owned production company are obviously incredible. And they, you know, when you are speaking to Oprah, you need to know exactly what you're doing. It'd be really smooth. It's going out to the world, etc. So there's a lot of practice going on there. Um, and ultimately I said yes. And I ended up um, taking part and I took part in um, in my old uh, kind of with my, my, my work computer. And I had to stay at work till like 8 p.m. because that, it was going live at like 4 p.m. or something in America. And ultimately I ended up taking part in I think it was five shows. And one of them was about comparison. So I got to ask Ian Levanzan, who I think is a very gifted teacher. If anyone's interested in self-development, got to get her on your Amazon wish list. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke to her and Oprah uh, about my question about comparison, my view on it. And they gave their views on it. And, and then that kind of, I had different questions over the course of the series, ultimately, which was absolutely amazing. Wow. But it was an absolute thrill and almost... What, what's the word like press in reverse because it's like how do you yeah. top that because it was one of the best moments of my life I'm not even joking but you know what I kind of talked about manifesting as well because I once I put the phone down to Stephanie after the first call I, I she was like look we're not making you any promises we've had a lot yeah. of submissions for this survey I was like oh I'm just I was I'm just happy we've spoken today like you've made my weekend and I'm not even it's not even started yet and I just kept on visualizing myself on it from that moment. And I journaled on it and I visualized myself. And I'd say things to myself like, isn't it funny how Oprah's going to know my name? Isn't it funny how? And just went for it and kept on manifesting in that sense and kept focused on it. And it did happen. I know a lot of other things kind of contributed to that, but um, it was a really special experience in my life. And I will say it has made me have what I hope is a positive unstoppability. Mm -hmm. Because if someone says we're not sure, it's like, look, if I can get on Oprah... I can do that. Oh, absolutely. It just, it just, it's like, it make, for me, it creates like this dolphin spin through the water yeah. of whenever I'm feeling resistance. Like, hold on, kid. Look what you did a few yeah. years ago. You didn't even try. Um, I know, like I say, a lot of other forces were at play, but um, it's been, a, it's been something else that 
it's been a good confidence boosting thing whenever I feel like oh that's too big for me or I'm not worthy of that or that's I'm you know I don't deserve that this little voice pipes up and says well hold on a second you know and it kind of spurs me on in that way yeah yeah and I always think that you know when I hear stories like this I think the people who are on Oprah or the people who happen to be part of any it doesn't have to be Oprah it can be anyone are just humans as well it's just that happen to be you know maybe you know in the right place at the right yeah, time and it doesn't mean that you can't be like that That's and I just exactly, feel, yeah. yeah and I feel like um and it doesn't really I always also think that you know because a lot of people because we we're supporting Oprah's all-time favorite guest she has schools in Africa and, uh, and Oprah yeah. funded them and I always say and they said well what if you don't get to meet Oprah and one day and I'm like it doesn't matter because I, I I get yeah. so excited thinking about that <laughs> so it doesn't really matter if I don't meet her and yeah, if, I, if I get to meet her fantastic but it's not you know but it's just it's more you know I in my book, my yeah. your dream life starts here. I have a um, list of who I want to meet. Yeah. There's room for 101. Um, you're getting a, a copy today. Oh, I'm delighted. <laughs> oh, thank uh, you. Who you want to meet? And um, I put all sorts of different. You know, mm. Oprah is obviously on there, but um, there's also a lot of people in you know in the retail industry because I want oh, to learn yes. about that. There's also in the tech industry because it's just amazing yeah. what everyone is doing, and it just. Yeah. And just by writing them down, thinking through it, and even you know authors mm. that I read about, it's just Definitely. so. You, and you never know. You never know because there's that whole six degrees of separation Absolutely. thing. And I actually think that there's less now because the, oh, I the, agree. The, the way we yeah. are connected these days, completely. And yeah. that's why it's so important to talk about it to verbalise it. I remember I was chatting to my friend Jules, who um, owns a telling band called um, Isle of Paradise, and I said, "Oh, of course, you know who I'd love to meet is so and so," and he was like, "Oh, well." you know I know her security guard. And I was like, what? And this is like A-list, A-list. I was like, Jules, shut up. He was like, I do. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. And it just kind of goes to show that you just never know. No. Especially in the um, in the circles that you might be in at the moment. Don't make any assumptions about what isn't possible. No. Because sometimes you can send an email saying, look, this may sound really out of this world, but can you can you connect me in some way? What would you do if you yeah, were me on this? Yeah. And people often have a few. They can yeah, do. absolutely. And I think when we do the dreaming exercise, when I do my workshops, is um, is um, to share the dreams because yeah. you never know who's in the audience, especially yeah. if it's an audience where you don't know anyone. You don't yeah. know who's going to know someone. Oh, yes. And we had once we had a lawyer's um, um, sharing a dream about writing a uh, children's book. And she felt bad because it was so out of her yeah. normal life. And there was a publisher sitting opposite her and um, they were going to go and have a coffee. So you never, so I always encourage, like we did a workshop Ooh, here in London magic. on Friday. And it's, um, you never know. And um, and um, and also with people you know, like you, you just, if you share it, mm. you never know who knows someone who knows mm. someone. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I believe nothing is impossible. When you dream, you can put anything out there and, and then you can just start working towards yeah, that. Yeah, and that's the thing, like you say, put it out there. It, it can sound so flippant, but that's such a big strategy of mine is putting something out yeah. there. I said, look, I've said it. I'm like, right, universe, you do the rest. Yeah, exactly. I'll set, like, I'll, I'll just almost say, right, this is what I want, universe. Here it is. Now, shock me. Yeah. Now, you know, magnetize me. Yeah. Now, um, you know, bowl me over because I know what you can do and I'm ready. Yeah. Um, just like, let the universe do the rest throw it out there yeah I love it thank you so much that was really exciting to hear and I think everyone listening now will feel like nothing is impossible we can just put Oprah on our vision boards all of us so talking about this this another thing that I feel really passionate about and I Mm -hmm. feel that will be very aligned with you 
And that is to surround yourself with the right people mm. and positive relationships. Yeah. Um, and I'm assuming that will be play a big role in their comparison yeah. world as well. Yeah, I think our offline relationships are really, really important. And there's a psychological writer called Jim Rome, and he, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, you are the average of the five people yes. you spend the most time with. And it's in, I love that quote because... I love the quote because it provides such a, a good perspective shifter for us. Isn't it? Ah, well, hold on. Let me reflect and review here. But I don't think we have to be all kind of like burn and destroy as like, well, you're not bringing my life, so you're out of here. And no, it's been 10 years I've known you. Well, they, they, your days are numbered. You're out of my life. I don't think it has to be like that. But I do think positive relationships and, and, and running with like a pride of lions, like running with the pride of your lion is really important because it means you can play together, but it also means you'll challenge each other in all the right ways too and lift each other up and keep each other going too. So I do think positive relationships are really important and, and being open to them too. I used to have this false belief that once I got over 30, I'm 36 next birthday, but when I, once I got over 30, I thought that I had all my friends and that was it. Yeah. And like if they weren't on the bus, there was no other room. And I have made such great friends in the last couple of years or so. That I actually laugh now as I'm like, you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. You didn't think you were going to make any more friends. I've made such great friends in the last couple of years. It's, it's staying open to those people that can really help you up-level, inspire you and, and help you. So, And you do the same for them as well. Um, so I would say it can be a bit easier said than done. But if there are those energies or relationships in your life right now, even if they're related by blood, it's okay to just get a bit of distance you have to cut people off altogether but get a bit of distance and just crowd out where that may be negative to your or non-support is because ultimately if you don't it can really slow you down or just make things a bit miserable to be honest yeah and for any anyone listening who might have that belief that you had in terms of a certain time that you don't yeah. make any more friends what would be your tip to find some like-minded friends and um, well this is I think social media can be really great on this. Yeah. So even I was checking hashtags that I thought were really random. Like, yeah. Oh, other people are into this. That's yeah. kind of cool. And when I moved to a new city five years ago, I went up, went on meetup.com yeah. and just went to a few local groups that were kind of interested in, whether yeah. it was, you know, a film club or um, a self-development group, that kind of thing. And also like, manifesting it. Like, you know, universe, I'm really open to you bringing people into my life that are going to lift me up and I can lift them up as well. Yeah. Um, but it does, it does require kind of taking off the goggles yeah. to see what's going on around you yeah. because people aren't just going to kind of get the bus to your house like hello you don't know me but I'm your new friend it doesn't work like that yeah if you could put yourself in a space where there's more chances of meeting people yeah. that will you'll get along with even things like at weddings like make the effort to talk to the people that you're at the table with yeah I suppose just wait and then you can go back and talk to people you know yeah I've made some great pals at weddings even like being on like you know the waifs and strays table where it's all the randoms <laughs> I met my personal trainer because she was sat next to my husband and she happens to be the bride's personal trainer using the opportunities you have to be in social scenarios to see what you can really gain and, and give as part of that too mm. um, and it can be scary sometimes you know, like putting ourselves out there but just asking yourself to be like one percent braver you don't have to go from introvert to extrovert or to put on a personality and fake who you are but just say, I just thought asking for 1% more bravery today to go and talk to that person or ask that person at work that I think is actually really cool if they want to go to this concert with me or have they seen this blog that I wrote or blog that I read. It's amazing what those first touches can be mm. and where they can lead to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I created my, uh, because I'm so into reading personal development books, mm. I have um, 
created my own book group with oh, only inspiring women who are doing amazing things. And every time I meet with them, I think nothing is impossible. Mm. So, so to have you know, and and you know, not everyone would be into that. But you know, uh, even when I started my own business, I used to go to you know, small business kind of networking mm. things and that's where I met a girl that I used yeah. to be for breakfast every uh, every week to yeah. kind of compare and um, compare yeah. <laughs> in and a positive way yeah. in terms of um, you know what challenges we're having. It only takes business. a couple of people to completely blow open what feels like a snow globe of your life. Yeah. It only takes a couple of people that might live in Dubai and you Skype them every so often. Yeah. And it makes your world feel so much bigger and that raises your vibration and that will bring in even more and make yeah. you more of a magnet for what you want as well. Yeah. So it's not like you need to have like nine people that you do something together every Tuesday. The one or two will be just the energy that makes it up enough, you yeah. know? Yeah, love that. Because I'm so into helping people mm. live their dream life, I want to inspire people to live their dream life, mm. whatever that is to them. Do you feel like you're living your dream life? And if yes, how? You know, I, I really do. And I feel quite emotional answering this question, actually, because I recently realized, so last year I moved from Brighton, having always lived in cities in my life, to the Peak District in the UK, which is an area of outstanding natural beauty. And it's, you know, a, it's a, a national park, for example. And I live in this beautiful old converted country house and there are sheep and horses and cuckoos and all sorts around and I had this moment um, and it, we moved heaven and earth to make this happen by the way it's not like oh so I just manifested it, it was dead easy and oh, then the Friday came we moved it wasn't last year was wild for me and that's for another podcast and probably a, gla- a bottle of rose yeah. <laughs> but last year was wild in terms of personal growth and overcoming my own limiting beliefs my own limit upper limits but I had a moment a, a couple of days ago where I felt like wow I could live this life every single day like groundhog day and I would just die the happiest girl in the world yeah I just realized I'd finally oh sorry I feel really emotional no it's good I feel like I found this piece that I just wanted to feel a piece and I feel like it's really landed with me yeah and I feel you know the things are working out in my favor at the moment and that can be sometimes nothing happening yeah there's this calm like calm like a calm pool and having not felt like that for quite a while I really do feel like I'm living my dream life Mm -hmm. I really do and I also I'm going to be bold enough to say and I believe it will continue because my self-critic voice is like yeah well enjoy it while it lasts and I have to say to oi back back of the queue you're not welcome around here anymore. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, and, uh, sure. That is that is so nice to hear. And I believe that we can all do that. And yeah. and also, I you know, you were saying that you had a tough year, and and one of my mentors, yeah. Robin Sharma, he oh, yeah. um, he said to me once, never waste a good crisis. Ooh, in terms yeah. of you know, in, like you know, it's tough, but it would, there is always light at the end of yeah. the tunnel, and we all know that. But it's always harder when you're in the middle of it. But yeah. you know that growth, and I, you know, and and I'm, I've gone through so many challenges. My dad passed away last year, right. and there's been so many different challenges that I've had personally, as well as the business, because you know it's a change in world. Yeah. So, um, but with every challenge comes a positive, mm. and um, and um, and they've, you know, there's there's 
that is part of life. So it's yeah. nice that you feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Never waste a good crisis. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I'm going to write. I'm going to tattoo that somewhere, babe. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing, Robin. Yeah. He's uh, he's on my podcast as well. It's oh, a really good episode. Um, I will revisit yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So I love to, I feel like you could share some of your rituals because I think um, if you have a morning ritual or something that you do on a regular basis that really help you with your self-care because I think that is very helpful for people to find some things yeah. that they could do to look after themselves yeah for sure so I'm not I wouldn't call myself a morning person to be honest yep. and I also I like structure but I don't do well with rigid structure yeah so to answer the question truthfully this probably happens three out of five days in the mm-hmm. week but it's all I need yeah it's really all I need for two That's five really days because some great. people think that it has to be done and I often say that too like you can you can um you can set up rituals, but if you if you want to be get up early and if you have a late night, you just don't do it, and yeah. it's fine. It's no yeah. The world no, still turns. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what I like to do is well get up and then I try not to check my phone till I've answered the call of nature and done my whole morning routine. Um, and what I'll do is go downstairs, um, like having dressed today, go downstairs, have a glass of water. Um, I put on some spa music on my Spotify playlist. Yeah. So it's like really calm music. I won't necessarily turn any lights on either. So yeah. natural light, yeah. even if it's dark in like January, natural yeah. light. I might light a candle. Always light some incense. And I'll go, I have an, a, a big box of Oracle and Tarot decks, which yeah. I know isn't for everyone, but it's part of my practice. Yeah. And I'll kind of look at the, I often could go to the same pack actually, because it's like I have a real connection with that deck. But I'll, I'll go and I'll pick up a box and I'll, I'll pick a card deck and I'll shuffle the cards and I simply ask, what's the most important thing I can know today to just help me do what I need to do or have the lessons I need to you know what's the most important thing I need to know today and I'll shuffle the cards and either pick one or one will jump out and I'll, I'll study it um, before I pick up the book that comes with it so I'll study it and it might you know have a, a certain picture or a symbol that means something to me or the words on there might be for example surrender I'm like well I have been a bit uptight about this actually or you know it says about um you know generosity I'm like oh gosh yeah I haven't given much of my time recently or I actually I've asked a lot of other people and just that reflective point just gets me really straight for the day yeah and makes me feel lined up and then having done this, which takes all of about five minutes maximum, my dog will usually hit by then. She's a golden retriever, so she's bouncy and furry and full of life. And I'll take her for a walk and a sniff in the garden. And then it's in for coffee. And the day, I'll click my fingers, it's almost like the day begins then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from that start to finish, that moment of like opening my eyes and getting straight in the shower and just you know natural light as much as possible and just really coming up to the day just really letting myself wake up Mm. in with as little stimulus as possible you know can that can last all of say 15 minutes but it just it provides that really great foundation yeah beautiful thanks for sharing Ah, pleasure i i haven't used any of those cards so maybe that's my next little addition This has been so amazing. I'd love to finish off by asking you a few quick questions. I know that our listeners would love to hear. If you could give one piece of advice to the next generation to help them live their dream life, what would you say? Oh, what a great question. I think it's expect to make mistakes. Mm. Expect them because nobody gets to skip the work yeah. and nobody's been given the wand and if they have they need to share it around so we could all use a bit of it but it must be given this harry potter wand where you just get to tap life or tap your phone or tap a person things change and things emerge so i'd say expect to make mistakes know that it's never too late to change your mind i've had three or four careers before i invented this role yeah. and invented this label and then 
created and carved out a career for myself here. So expect to make mistakes, expect that you'll change your mind and to, and to go with it ultimately, because a bit like in Robin's magic words, never waste a good crisis. It's like never waste a lesson yeah. either too, because it it's will save you. Yeah. It will save you time, money and energy yeah. down the line. Yeah. There. Love that. That's great. We touched on a couple of books already. I'm such an avid reader, so oh, yeah, me always too. love, and I think um, I'm now going to connect with you. Uh, yeah, daily, love not to. Da- maybe not daily basis. But <laughs> less, less is have more. you read this? Have you read this? <laughs> but uh, um, um, I love to uh, hear your favorite book and why. But it doesn't have to be a favorite because be any book that you would think that you want to share. I would love to share the book which help, has helped me such a lot, which I I give to clients when they come work with me, and sometimes I'll even say, read this book. And then if you still want to work with me, fine. But I'm not taking your money until you've read this because you may not need to work with me. Yeah. But it's a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Yes, yes, it's come, they came out. It is one come, of yeah. my absolute favorites. And yeah. I will be honest, I revisit it about every 10 months or so, yeah. every nine, 10 months or so. And the person listening to it that I am will get something from it which will help me that maybe I've missed before or I need a reminding of. Yeah. So The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It can be a little bit repetitive in part and it is written by like a white guy in the 80s. So some of the analogies like I was playing golf with Bob from IBM. It's like, yeah, yeah, fine. But what's the point? Yeah, <laughs> like get to the yeah. point. Um, and I'm just, I say that with a tongue in my cheek and yeah. deep reverence for that book. But if you have found yourself sabotaging if you have found yourself hiding and avoiding actually living the life you want that book will will look you in the eyes and tell you what you need to hear and you will start to be able to make changes which will unlock different opportunities for you every time I hit an upper limit or I hit you know I get to acclimatize someone oh my goodness is this really happening I go back to that book so I don't mess it up yeah and I don't revert to old behaviors I really think we should be taught that one in school I really think yeah that's a really good one it actually came up on I think on Saturday when I was I think Lauren we spoke um, and I also saw her before the podcast so sometimes I don't really know what's on the podcast no I actually wrote myself a note on Saturday yeah. saying I'm gonna because I I have read it a few times yeah. but it's it's as you said yeah it's where you are today yeah and, and get the, get the audio I'd say too yeah. because it's a really easy listen yeah it's a really easy and you can yeah. just pause it and make yeah. highlights as you wish yeah. yeah yeah love it thank you for sharing it so, sure. I um I have um I'm gonna reread it again because it's great so book. good yeah. I would love to know if you have a favorite Kiki K product or a favorite stationery product being a stationery lover. Uh, well, I love your affirmation cards yeah. that I've seen that the note looks. So I have those um, as my thank you notes. Yeah. So I think there's some really gorgeous ones in terms of like, you know, the seize the day and the kind of the colorful like postcard. Yeah. And um, if someone cooks me a lovely dinner or leaves me a nice present, I'll make sure I get one of those oh, in the post. And what I love is when I go to the house, I'll see it pinned up in the kitchen yeah, or on the desk yeah, or something. Yeah. I think that's something that's, that is missing a lot from the modern world is yeah. just using those little touch points and like bobbing something in an envelope love it love it thank you and one last question for you if you could go back to your younger self say when you're in your late teens what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? oh my god (laughs) wow I really think this would be like don't let heartbreak try and make you escape from who you are Mm. I had a really bad breakup when I was like well what breakup isn't bad by the way like but I had a bad breakup when I was just turning 18 and leaving um like last years of school to go to university and it re I'll be honest it really reverberated in my life in and even I find lessons from it now that I see crop up in my marriage because of the damage that I experienced. He didn't do anything, but it was the breakup and my experience of that, where I went from there. 
that um, I regret and I wish I could go back to and say, look, babe, like you're going to be okay. And with that in mind, let's just, you know, make some tweaks here and there. I just, I just completely lost myself for a bit back there. And I just was in so much pain yeah. and I didn't ask for help. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'd drink a bit too much, go out dancing a bit too late and, you know, miss the old lecture at uni. And then I'd find myself being really weird around him when I did see him in the school, in the holidays and that sort of yeah. thing. And I think about him endlessly rather than just, I wish I'd, con- I wish I'd knew, known that it was possible to concentrate on healing. Yeah. I wish I'd found self-development at that time. Yeah. I was actually, I think I was... 27 or so and I could really have used it around 18 because there was just so much pain there like deep deep pain so to answer the question I think I'd I'd go back and and just you know like almost like don't waste the crisis but concentrate on the healing of what's happened rather than trying to hope and wish it was something different because it wasn't yeah and it just it took me a really long time to get my head around that even into adulthood yeah you know and even like in my it's a good teacher in my marriage today if I say something or I feel something like well hold on that's not yours yeah you don't feel like that there's no there's nothing here that means you should feel like that that's come from a 17 year old you making the conversation well now you're 36 you know Take the lesson. Be the, be be the wife. Be the woman in this relationship, not the girl. Yeah, such a good way of ending. There's there's a lot. There's a whole conversation <laughs> in that because it's. Um, I think we are. Um, I'm, as I said, I'm I'm reading a lot about the brain, and I think there's a lot of addictions to those kind mm. of feelings. And um, yeah, you know, there's a lot to learn from that. And imagine yeah. if we could learn that a bit faster. And yeah. Um, really looking after ourselves yeah um, absolutely but yeah we are we, you know no one is perfect and no um, and thank goodness we, yeah, <laughs> and we all have our own things you know it's funny yeah. because um because um there is you, as you see as you know to end on the comparison like you it's so easy to look at someone's life and yeah. think that their life is just perfect or they, they don't have the challenges and of course yeah. there is always another side and, oh there um, always is and um, um yeah i can i think we need to get you back there's yeah. so much <laughs> i'd be delighted <laughs> first um thank you so much um for your time today but oh, also for all that you do to the world oh, and i'm super you. excited to um obviously read your book so best of luck with hey, your book thanks and i know it's out on boxing day so I yeah. feel like I've got to save my juice a little bit yeah. because I'm going to be talking about this well you know the feeling yeah. I've talking about this a lot for a long yeah, time <laughs> but it's so exciting and you know it's going to be a super exciting time for you because I've just did it and it's just so exciting because you are reaching so many more people than just this one-to-one or, or groups yeah and I'm, I'm nervous but excited when, when I sat down to write it I challenged myself to try and distill the program, the coaching yeah. program, into 60,000 words. Yeah. And I, I faithfully feel like I've been able to do that to the best of my ability. But everything crossed. I'm sure there'll be questions. Yeah, no, it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, it's. Um, I'm sure this is just, you know, book one. I'm sure oh, there will come see, more. Hey? Yeah. But Put it out there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you need to be on Oprah's book club. There's oh a lot God. of things that we need to Can do. Can you imagine? Wow. But um, I'm, um, I am super um, grateful and also super excited because I know that this episode and also your book and everything that you do is really um, helping people out there. That's so, so generous. You. Thank you. I really received that. It's been such a pleasure today. I feel like I've made a new friend. Yes, me too. Thank you. <laughs> Wow, I absolutely loved speaking with Lucy. Her energy, honesty and passion is so infectious. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I especially loved Lucy's idea on social media and how we can use it as a positive tool and manage it in a smart way rather than avoiding it altogether. Which I truly believe in this modern world 
it's a much more realistic approach. I also loved how aligned we are on the idea that life is too short not to be living a life that makes you happy and that you have to really think about what you want in life and make sure you go and chase that. I couldn't agree more, which is why you find chapters in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, dedicated to helping you make the most of every moment and live without regret. Sometimes it can really help to pause for a moment and ask yourself, how would I feel if I knew I only had a limited time left on this earth? What would I make more time for? What would I do with my life? Your answers may surprise you, but they are sure to inspire you to start living a life authentic to you. If you haven't got a copy of my book yet, it's full of these and other simple steps to help you on your journey toward creating your own dream life, whatever that may be. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe for plenty more inspiring episodes. And please tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I would also love you to help to spread this inspiring message on the importance of realizing and chasing your dreams. So please share our podcast on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. Until next time, don't forget to dream big and chase your dreams.